Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast full of stories that show us how safety leads to hotness, how consent can be as simple as ongoing enthusiastic fuck-yes collaborations, and stories that illustrate the complex beauty of sex and sexuality. As always, please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are, unless you're messaging me on OnlyFans, and enjoy. Our guest today is an 18-year-old white cis femme who was raised atheist, is now a practicing witch, and is kinky, queer, bisexual, and a drag king. She's been in several poly relationships so far and is figuring out if she's actually poly or not, is currently single and having different kinds of sex with several partners, a switch-slash-masochist-slash-sadist, she love, love, loves power dynamics, public play, making out, and eating pussy. From the Pacific Northwest, she has her associates in arts and is working on a BA, loves to cook, dance, and collaborate with friends on parody music videos. Welcome, Mercedes! Hi, Wyo. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited that you're here. Can you please start out by telling us if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame meter from one being super shameless to ten being so full of shame, where do you fall right now? Like a three, because I'm home for the holidays. Usually it'd be like a one or a two, but just because of the fact that I've been around like my parents and my aunts, it's just like not a sexy space. I totally feel you on that. I got home from my family holiday travels yesterday and realized I was like, I haven't touched myself in days. What am I doing? (laughs) Is that how it manifests for you or are there like other things that come up? Yeah. Okay. Can you give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now? So I'm in college. So I've been having a blast meeting people through Tinder and just person. One of my partners right now, I met through my friend because he lives on the same floor as my friend and another one of my partners my dorms are sort of set up as like apartments they're called stacks or literally a couple stacks down so that's been nice seems very convenient do you still have an active sex life with your own self or is it mostly partnered right now oh definitely active with my own self I don't have a roommate right now which is really nice so I've been definitely taking care of myself (laughs) great oh yay even when I am having lots of partnered sex, masturbation is still like really important to just keeping everything balanced energetically for myself. Totally get that. I also feel like I get hornier if I'm having partnered sex. I mean, I still masturbate most of the time anyway, I guess, unless I'm like hanging out with family hardcore for holidays. But yeah, yeah I feel you. Okay. Tell us now what you love most about your sex life currently. Probably just that it's so different. Like, I'm a switch and I'm bisexual. And so I get so much variety by sleeping with different kinds of people. Like I'm in sort of like a dumb sub relationship with someone where I'm more dominant. And then I'm having just like, I guess you'd say regular vanilla ish heterosexual sex with another person, which is like so fascinating. And I love all the different textures and I love getting to like please different kinds of partners. I love all the variety. I'm a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. I love the variety. I love the excitement. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Gemini's like, let me let me learn this. Let me learn that. Let me research this. So do tell us, what is sexy to you? I'm hearing variety is sexy. I'm hearing pleasing partners is sexy. What else? It's like a tingle that I feel in my chest. It can even be like a good cup of coffee, like, or taking a shower and like the steam and your your hair is wet and you're just like, I feel great. Yeah, it's an energetic pulsing that comes from like my chest all the way down. It's like, oh, this is fantastic. I love someone who can make me laugh and who I can like debate and talk with. I love adventurous people and I love people who are open because I love learning about their lives and hearing their stories. Fuck yeah. That's really cool to me. I like open and adventurous people. I really connect with that. I feel like the sex that I have with people who are more open 
leads to a different texture of connection, which I really appreciate, especially because I love actually tasting the different variety instead of like, I don't know, a closed person. It's different for me. So when do you feel sexiest? The sexiest I felt in a long time was I had a partner stay over in my dorm and I had to go to work in the morning. And like, we'd been like fucking all night to like 1 or 2 a.m. Then I was like, oh shit, I have to go to work. And my partner stayed over and he was just like passed out, snoring, <laughs> like getting ready for work, like really quietly and like sneaking at the door and texting him like, good morning, <laughs> sleep as long as you need to. <laughs> it was just, that was fantastic. It was the best feeling. You're offering me in my mind brain a texture of like, is part of that for you, like the going out of like, it's like your little secret, like there's still someone in my bed, like now, but I'm out yeah. and about doing my life now. <laughs> exactly. Like I might be super sleep deprived, but like I just had amazing sex. Yeah. And the sex is so good. There's a partner snoring in my bed. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And it, and sometimes even if I'm a little bit sore too, I'm like, mm, the reminder. Y'all. Exactly. <laughs> no, there's nothing better than having like freshly fucked legs and you sort of like limp. <laughs> Oh, my muscles are sore from coming so much. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you give us an example of a sexy, explicitly clear yes moment that you have either given or received that led to something super hot? A couple months ago, the first time I'd like actually like negotiated like a full on scene with a partner <laughs> where I was not in the dominant role. We talked about it, but we talked about it like we were sort of choreographing like a play or a dance. These are the different acts to the structure. And that was just, the structure of that was so fucking amazing. And I was with a partner who's like super creative. After we had that like long conversation about consent, he like tied me up, but we didn't have any rope. So we used like headphones and like my laptop cable, like all the cords he could find in the room. He's just rummaging around my room. He tied me up. And then he drew all over my arms and my thighs, which was so fucking hot. One, the feeling of like just that sort of light touch, but also the fact that he was like, literally creating art on my body yeah he had asked me like what's something that you want to try that you've never tried before i'm like i want to try wax play i've never done that before and so he very slowly like dripped wax on my thigh and then drew around the wax and then once the wax had set like peeled it off and that was like i love that what a multimedia interactive experience right there can I ask how closely you stuck to your plan? Because I definitely speak with some people who are like, I could possibly make a plan that will ruin my sexy spontaneity. And then I talk to other people who are like, oh, yeah, I make the plan. And then, you know, we do our thing. And like, how was it for you? I think we stuck the plan pretty closely because I liked the buildup of it. I'm an actor and the partner I was with was also a performer. So like the building upon the different levels of like sensation and texture was important. And, yeah, no, we didn't really deviate from the plan. But I've had other scenes where there was deviation from the plan that was fun because there was communication during it. I was like, let's try something else. Awesome. Love that. Okay. So when you tell a friend I got laid last night, what do you usually mean? What counts as sex for you? I think if there was consensual sexual pleasure on either side, whatever that means. Once I think I even like made out with a partner and we both still had our pants on and our shirts off, Mm -hmm. but like. I think we both came just because we were, like, dry humping for such a long time. Like, that was definitely sex. Okay. But, like, physical or would, like, a really hot sexting session where you're taking care of yourself, would you describe that as, like, getting laid? I'm just curious because everyone's got definitions. I think I have to be physically there with a partner for it to count as sex for me, which is weird because I feel like 
video sex or that kind of thing is also a type of pleasure but like for me touch is so important if i'm not actually there physically touching someone it's not sex it's like sex adjacent it's still like sexy and it's still hot but if there's not someone physically in the room with me it doesn't count as sex to me yeah I would say most of the people I talk to, if they're talking about something that is long distance, they will use a qualifier or an extra adjective, for example, long distance or video. Like it's like kind of its own category. Yeah. So now tell us, did you ever get a helpful sex education or an explicit health and safety talk or lesson from consent from a grown up you trusted growing up? Well, sort of. My mom was always good about like no one should touch you in sensitive areas. But they didn't ever really have a sex talk. They got me a book from the library and let me go through it myself. And then I remember once when I was 10, my mom just decided that it was time to tell me what abortion was <laughs> while we were folding laundry. And then she was always like, if I asked a question, she would tell me. Like, I think I learned about periods pretty young because there's some like blood in the bathroom and I was worried about her. I was like, mom, are you okay? And she was like, no, I'm just on my period. This is a normal, healthy thing. The funny thing is I connected periods to babies, but I didn't think there was any dicks involved in creating a baby. So I just thought a woman was like, I'm done having a period. I'm going to have a baby now. Like, I thought it was something you sort of, like, willed in your mind. Love Because I understood the whole developmental process from, like, the cells to the embryos to the fetus to being born and being a baby. And I understood that periods, you needed an egg to have a baby. But I didn't realize that you needed to also sperm until I was, like nine which i think is ridiculous wow okay that's still a lot more than a lot of people understand at the various ages no i'm lucky that way do you remember what book you got and how old you were when you got it i think i was nine i think the book was the one who explained it to me i don't remember all i remember is there are lots of illustrations of people of all different types of bodies which i think was cool what about in school in fifth grade they put all the boys in one room and all the girls in one room they're still doing that they're still doing that. It's so weird. And then our teacher gave us all pads and tampons. And then we were supposed to go and put it in our lockers. Then the boys got out of their sex ed at the same time. And then they made fun of us for putting pads and tampons in our lockers. It was oh, awful. That bad. And nobody corrected them. on like, no, you shouldn't be making fun of them. This is something that they need. This is like a medical supply. Yeah. There's no teacher correcting them that they shouldn't tease us for needing to have pads and tampons in our lockers, which was awful yeah also like guys definitely don't period shame if you want someone to think you're hot all all month every month (laughs) literally and then these same guys because i went to a pretty small private school because my mom taught there i remember in seventh grade we were doing some sort of project that involved glue guns and the guy joked that you could use a glue gun stick as a tampon and i was like ah no (laughs) and then i was like do you know? And then I had to explain to them what periods were. So clearly their sex education was not effective. Whatever male teacher was giving them sex ed did not explain to them what periods were. Which was like, that's just a failing. Yeah, and it just makes me curious if that guy now has, like, I don't know, insertion fantasies or what if that's the porn he's into? (laughs) (laughs) Sticking glue sticks up his ass. All kinds of stuff. Who knows? (laughs) Okay, can you tell us now what happens to your shame-o-meter when it's time to talk to a partner, especially a new partner, about safer sex? I think it gets pretty high, but it's always a conversation that I have just because I want to keep them safe and I want to keep myself safe. But it's always awkward and I'm always the one initiating it, which sucks. How do you wish it went? I liked you on a pod you did recently that the idea of going on a first date with getting tested together. I like that idea, but I wish it was someone else suggesting that idea, which I know I just got to do it myself, (laughs) that I can't just manifest that 
some magical unicorn partner is going to come down and be like, let's get tested together and then get coffee and it's going to be wonderful. I mean, I don't know. I think that if we all put our minds to it, in the four years of sex stories, my brain has just been growing, growing, growing in terms of like ideas. And I cannot stop thinking about what I want is a creation space where we have obviously the best like gift shop, books, art, lingerie, sex toys, little amphitheater, like in all the fancy Apple stores where the free workshops happen. And then like level one is like the basic family-friendly sex ed. And maybe it's in a different building. I don't know. But level two is the like, so that's education. And at the end of education, like for the grown-up ones, you know, because it's obviously sectioned off by ages, then that's where you get tested with your partner because you've gone on this cool thing, you know, and then the level two is inspiration. Level three is play. And that's like inspiration level has erotic art stuff. So that's like what I'm obsessed about. And I'm like, that's fantastic. What, what if we just made spaces where like a cool date space to go get tested? Because I will say the clinics I've been to have never been particularly inspiring for a date. And I really admire the people who go do that. <laughs> so is a nurse being like, go stick this up. And you're like, oh. <laughs> it, for me, it's been like, the people there seem, like, uncomfortable. I very rarely see people chatting, and, like, the people who work there are lovely. Yeah, the nurses are always lovely, but it's always super awkward. And celebrating the fact that you are taking initiative and bringing stuff up, even if you don't want to. All right, maybe we call in a world where we're like, all right, I'm feeling it, so, okay. I wish people wouldn't get defensive when I asked it. Is that like, when I asked, like, hey, have you gotten tested recently? To be like, no, 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 I'm clean, I'm clear, like, I need to find a way to word it, but I don't want to have to send a paragraph. It's like, I don't think you have anything, but I just want to be safe. I want to just be able to ask like, hey, when's the last time you got tested Mm -hmm. without someone thinking Mm -hmm. that I'm calling them like dirty, which is not at all what I'm trying to do. Can I offer a frame that I've been kind of using? Yeah, I've been using something along the lines of, so I think you're very sexy and I'm interested in exploring this connection in the physical realm. I also think it's super sexy to have regular testing. Here's my most recent test. Here are my results. Here's what we need to, you know, so I let people know that I got herpes in my throat, depending on where we are. I usually tell them in person, but like, and then I say, you know, what's your testing practices or status? And is there anything I need to know for us to play safely if we go that route? You know, and that's also a great way to just like check interest levels too. I still get people that are like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm fine. And I'm like, cool, great. But, but when were you last tested? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but could you answer the question, please? You know, and that also gives me more and more information. And I think just as a person that's now, oh, I've gotten battered around enough that I'm like, no, I don't want any more snafus here. Like, I, I do get tested regularly. I want other people who also love that. And I've also been responsible for influencing some of my partners to, like, make that shift. And so, you know ripple effects okay so now take us back in time start with your early years and take us through your formative sexual experience what was important when did you remember learning stuff and we'll just kind of learn the stories along the way i think the first time i sort of like cognitively remember sex was my my mom was a director and she would take me to rehearsal because childcare is expensive and she was directing in a production of othello Othello essentially murders his wife because he thinks that she's sleeping with his best friend. And that's my first like, oh, there's something that people do behind closed doors that's like very personal and very like fraught. So that's probably it, which is not, now that I think about it, not super positive because it's super violent. Every single time that there's a jealousy narrative, I'm like, again? And then people use it as evidence of normal. So how was it for you that that was your first like exposure to this thing probably bad i'd say also because my dad grew up 
Southern Baptist. So at home, there wasn't really any like pop culture TV surrounding sex. So all the like media surrounding sex was like these like really old plays. Because my mom did a lot of Shakespeare, did the Penelope ad. Do you know what the Penelope ad? No. It's a story of Odysseus comes back home from war and his wife. Penelope has been fighting off all these suitors because she's trying to stay loyal to her husband. Odysseus doesn't know that she's been fighting off the suitors, and so he thinks that she's been cheating on him. So he, like, basically murders all her female servants. What? Yeah. I don't like that logic at all. And it's it's super sexist and violent and awful. My mom did it with all women to sort of, like, make a political sort of statement about it. And now how awful it is and reframed it from a woman's point of view. So it was like a really beautiful piece of art, but it was like traumatizing, I think, as a little kid to be in that space for jealousy and and rape to be the main portrayals of sex. Because at home, like I remember I was watching that Titanic when I was like 10 and my dad was like, no, turn this off. There's like, you're too young for this. So like positive examples of sex were not really around me because sort of like normal, like sitcom-y sex or even rom-com movie sex which is not i mean not the best but it's at least consensual and like both people are having fun yeah so that definitely messed with my brain and messed with i think idea that sex was this sort of like kind of this violent awful thing until i was like probably 13 or 14 and just sort of shut off that part of my brain what was the transition that happened when you were 13 or 14? And was there fear? Like, how did it manifest in your everyday life? Like, did you have crushes or was it like, fuck no? Honestly, it's probably going through therapy. I started going through therapy at the end of middle school. Probably mm. that was what allowed me to open up. But I think, yeah, no, I just sort of shut off that part of my brain because one, I knew I was queer from like a very young age. So any attraction I had towards women was terrifying to me mm. because... It's not that my parents were homophobic or, I mean, my mom had friends that were gay, but just that there was also so much media around me. And at my school, again, it was a small private school. People were teased for being too gay or Mm. it was like predatory for a girl to like another girl. So I shut all of that down. There's this one girl I ran track with that I just had such a big crush on. I loved her so much, but I like hated myself. I just ate myself Mm. up inside because of it. And then also... There was lots of shame around sexuality because there was a couple boys in my grade. I was a pretty short kid and I was, I talked back. And so there was one boy who I had been teasing that apparently he really didn't like it. And so he sexually assaulted me Mm. and I told a teacher and she did nothing about it. And so that reinforced the narrative. That's like men are violent towards women. And I shut off both the, attraction to men and the attraction to women and the attraction to anybody for like such a long time until like high school i had crushes i just i never did anything about them because i was so scared of being hurt and i was so scared of hurting other people that makes a lot of sense sorry that was such a trauma dump that's what we're here we're here to unpack like are the stories that our nervous systems don't know are anything but true. Like when we're little kids, the stuff that we get given to us, how how in the world can we know? And until we hear other people's stories, we may not know that it's actually pretty normal for us to all get battered, but that doesn't make it easier. So yeah. I appreciate you sharing that information. What part feels most helpful? Because it sounds like we're about to get into the part where you've come a long way from those early yeah. experiences. I have a couple questions. My first one is, 
You said you were raised atheist. Does that come with any sexual values? Also, your dad went from being Southern Baptist to like, you were raised atheist? Yeah, no. His twin sister, for instance, is an adorned pastor. Wow. He completely, in college, he was just like, no. Okay. And stopped going to church, told his mom he wasn't going to church. His mom was okay with it, but he had a bunch of aunts being like, you're going to hell. Right. My family, not all of them, but I have a couple aunts that are like, we should send gay kids to conversion therapy level. Right. Southern Baptist. Oof. Um, Oof. Well, I'm glad that that is not the household you grew up in. First no, of all. God, I'm so I'm so thankful for my dad that he left that. Even though you went through this time period of just like, nope, not safe, not going to access it. Don't want to get judged for being queer. Don't want to get raped by guys because apparently that's the thing. Don't want to engage with these jealousy, scary narratives. But then you got support. When, and it sounds like that was maybe a turning point for you, like therapy stuff. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell us. Therapy stuff. And also my friends, I had a couple of friends when my friends started to come out, like come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. It was like a relief and I could drop all that weight and I could start just being able to talk about all these things that I'd been bottling up that I thought were so shameful and so mm-hmm. awful. But then these people who were my peers were able to talk about it with so much love and so much grace that I was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. So I'm hearing community and guidance maybe led to some opening up. Exactly. Yeah. Tell us more details. My first therapist was this awesome millennial lesbian lady who was also pretty witchy, and she made me feel seen and heard, and she helped me unpack the trauma from being assaulted by my peers and all the weird narratives around sex. And just help me heal from that and let it go and just be, have it not define me, but just become part of my story, not the story. Yeah. When did you start exploring your own self and sexuality? You mentioned that you knew you were queer from a young age, but also it sounds like there was some shut down, put away stuff. So what did early explorations look like for you? I think I didn't start masturbating until I was like 13. There's historical fiction book. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. Um, also, like, that's why a lot of books are popular, because they got sex scenes. I just learned. it was mostly not about sex. It was mostly about two young women. They come back to their hometown for, like, a festival. They, like, left their husbands and kids at home. And it was a hot summer night. And I think they, they didn't even, like, really, like, but they, like, I think touched each other or something. And I was like, that's something you can do? I had never touched myself before. And I came, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Too scared to look up porn. So I would look at, like, bra ads and the, like, catalogs my mom would get. And for a while, I would, like, basically draw my own porn. I just basically, like, draw, like, the kind of sex that I was wanting to have as a queer person. <laughs> like, Amazing. And my dad found it. Oh, no. But that's how I came out to him. How old were you? 14. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, how how are we supposed to let our dads know that we are, in fact, creatures of desire? Like, I still feel awkward at home, you know, when I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like one time they're like, so what is it? What is your obsession with sex? Like, how does one say to their father, actually, I'm just incredibly horny, probably hornier than anyone you've met, you know, like, I yeah, don't know, no. dads and desire. It's interesting. Well, now we've gone to the point where they'll be like a pretty actress or something, and he'll be like, she's hot, and I'll be like, yeah, she is hot. But that's like, I think, as far as we'll ever get, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that. Once I came home with a hickey when I was like 15 or 16, he, ooh, you felt, I felt the Southern Baptist come out of him. He told me I'd been marked by the devil. 
what did you say? I said, no, I haven't. I'm like, and then I just started crying and I went upstairs to my mom and she's like, all teenagers get hickeys. Your dad don't don't listen to your dad. Was it like a joke marked by the devil or was it like? No, he was like, you've been marked. Like he was shouting at me. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, man. Humans are so interesting and complicated. Okay. So at some point you started partnered explorations. What led up to that? How did we get there? How'd you get to hickeys? When I was 14, I think I just was like, okay, I'm ready. I had my first kiss, and after that, that's sort of just like, oh, I like kissing. I'm just going to, like, if someone seems interested in me, I'm going to ask if I can kiss them. And for the most part, they did want to kiss me. And if they didn't, I'd be like, okay, and move on. Uh, my first little girlfriend I had the beginning of sophomore year, we were making out, and our braces got caught together. Literally. Oh, my gosh. I've heard stories of that. Wow. What, what did you do? we broke up the next day just out of sheer embarrassment. <gasps> oh. <laughs> But I don't really count that as my first relationship because there was like, it was fun, but it wasn't like there wasn't like deep connection. And then I had my first like serious relationship, like about six months later with someone that I actually am still friends with. That was when I like was first like, oh shit, I'm kinky and this is fun. There was never really like a conversation. They knew that they were kinky. And I remember once we were just like walking, we went to the same school and we live in the same neighborhood and we were walking home from school one day and they're like hey do you want this key because i have this like locker on my neck and you could have the key like do you want to do that and it was like yes 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 from there i realized how hot that was for me so i just just Mm. did like a shit ton of research because i'm a nerd and a lot of it was like oh no scary porn and then i but then i'd find articles like written by dominatrixes or something i was like this is fantastic this is the kind of sex that i would feel comfortable having and then Lucky for me, my first partner was very much into that and very much them giving me the key was telling me, like, please, I want to be submissive. And it was strange to explain to my friends because when my partner was older than me, which I think is unique in those kind of dynamics, first there'd be the confusion because it was like two AFAD people, but my partner was trans mask. And then the fact that I was stopping him was like so confusing to everyone mm. i mean not something that i you know was like hey like sharing to everybody but if my friends would ask me questions i would tell them everyone was just so completely confused and there's some shame that came from that like is there something wrong with me like but now i'm like no that was just a really cool unique experience interesting wait was the shame related to like the norms around age and like gender role like perceived gender yeah roles? age and gender roles and just like not only were we having queer sex but we we're also having queer kinky sex did that shame stick around or did it sort of like dissipate the more fun you had oh it dissipated the more fun we had okay because like for the first like i would sneak around and not talk to my friends about it for like the first couple months we dated but then after that i was like oh this is exhausting i don't care anymore yeah my best friend was like, Mercedes, where have you been? Because you haven't been eating lunch with us. And I was like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I like spit it all out. I was like, wait, what does that mean you were fucking during lunch? Or were you just hanging yeah. out with your... Ah, where? <laughs> the choir practice room. <laughs> wait, were you kinky fucking in the choir practice room? No, 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 no. Oh, I was okay. just like eating their pussy or just, something. Okay, but. okay, cool. Would you tell us, is it strange for you to top someone who is older than you or has masculine traits? No. Okay. Not at all. It's super fucking fun. (laughs) I was going to say, tell us the parts that you were like, yeah, this is the sex for me. Like, it sounds like there was a knowing about that. I loved seeing the look on their face when I was making them feel good. Yeah. 
and like kissing them was really fun and they also were really good at getting hickeys that's also the part of that i was like i really really like hickeys and they were really good at giving hickeys and taught me how to give hickeys on them and that was so fucking hot i never like tied them up or anything but it was definitely there's definitely a power dynamic Mm -hmm. there's also like a lot of public play not because we were like oh we like public play but just because of out of necessity because we were both in high school and like my parents mm -mm, my house was not an option and they shared a room with their little brother so that was also not an option Mm -hmm. so it's lots of like fucking in the woods by our houses or like in the school bathroom or like making out in the back corner of a party which is i think definitely why i'm like having sex in a bed is fun but what about the woods? <laughs> I love having sex in the woods. Okay, tell us more about that. And do you do it during all seasons? Yeah. It's rainy up in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> well, not when it's raining. Not when it's okay. raining. Definitely not in the wintertime. There's, like, definitely a window. Okay. okay. I just say it's ideal from, like, April to October. Mm, that's a pretty good stretch. There's, like, this little hiking trail right... My dorm is kind of tucked away in the woods on like the farthest end of campus and there's like a little hiking trail so you can walk up the hiking trail and walked up the hiking trail with a partner and we were just gonna sit in the woods and make out and then he was like there's a log and i was like there is a log and he just was like do you want me to fuck you on this log and i was like yes yes fuck yes he fucked me from behind it was cold so i didn't take my shirt off but just like we both just took our pants off and he just fucked me behind with my like arms over the log and it was like the coolest feeling you could hear like birds and stuff you didn't get log burn or anything oh i had pine needles in my pants i was <laughs> bad i had pine needles in my pants i love hiking and backpacking and i think that's also part of it i just love being outside it makes me feel alive but i've definitely gotten mosquito bites on my ass it's yeah not fun. totally but it sounds like no like wasp stings or because there's lots of creatures no, in the forest no. but maybe they're respecting the birds and the bees as it were what happened between fucking in the choir room at lunch and like the log sex (laughs) so much oh my gosh i had another partner that was awesome they're like six foot four femme like russian person wow and would taught me which i hadn't hadn't ever happened to me before and i also realized that i had a thing for like someone being taller than me something about that being really really hot like say I'm five seven, but I'm five six and three quarters. So I'm pretty. I'm like not tall, tall, but I'm like tall enough that with most partners, I don't feel like dainty. If you know what I mean. I totally know what you mean. You get it. But with this person, I felt small, and that was so hot. Was that your first time being more on the submissive side? Yeah. Yeah. How old were you? I was sixteen, seventeen. What did you learn about that side of yourself? Like that I'm more bratty, and that it's not fun if there's still not at like a power exchange. Like there has to be a fight. It's really hard for me just to drop into that space without there being some, like, pushback, which Mm. is super fun for me. Okay. So not a, like, total, like, I'm a complete good girl. I'm, like, just waiting for someone who, like, is worthy of having all of my goodness, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm, like, like, filtering for that. I was, like, just, I just want to be good and serve. But for you, it's more about the, like, tension created or the kind of, like... The tension. I'm, like, I'm a switch and I'm top leaning. You got to be the toppiest top of the top for me to get on my knees for you. Tell me what the toppity top, top, toppest top looks like for you. Like, what does make you want to get on your knees for someone? Someone who's confident, definitely. And also someone who wants to take care of me. Like, I'm such a sucker for someone, like, cooking for me or, like, 
taking me out on a nice date or buying me food because I'm a musician. I remember once it was the best date. He played guitar and he like asked me what songs I wanted to sing. And he like was so good at playing the guitar. I could just be like, I want to sing this song. And he knew all of Amy Winehouse's music, which was so hot for me. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fuck me, please. <laughs> awesome. What needs to be in place safety wise? I heard you mentioned nurturing, but what makes you feel safe? Beyond getting topped into submission, but what do you need to feel like, yes, they can hold me? If they're kind to me and they're a communicator and I know that they're not going to just afterwards leave me in that vulnerable, weird space of like, fuck, we just had like really intense sex and now I'm just like laying here and I feel empty. Like I want someone that I know is going to hold me after and that's going to talk to me. Someone that I know if I say stop, will stop. Do you typically play with like regular words like stop or do you ever use a safe word? I've created safe words with partners. Well, I remember once it was like platypus or something, but we didn't end up needing to use it. I haven't got ever gotten to CNC and right now it's still on my hard no list. So stop and no are still good words for me to be like. Cool. Okay. What else like lights you up or what else did you discover on your way to where you are right now? I started having sex with someone who was in an open relationship with his girlfriend. And then I started playing with his girlfriend too. And we would all play together. And that was really fun until like jealousy and stuff came into it. But I won't get into that because it's in the past. But that was so incredibly fun because all of us were switches. So there was just constant give and take. And like, I remember once she was riding him and I was just sort of like sitting and his head was in my lap. So I got to watch her face as she was riding him. And I was like, it's the hardest thing in the world. Holy fuck. Or once she was doing all the work and he just sort of like held my legs down while she fingered me. And I was like, and the best part is like, she was definitely like the most top of the top in the, in the, in our whole dynamic. So it was her that was calling all the shots. I fucking love that. Who would usually initiate? Was there a usual? What are like, tell us some of the details of just like switchy back and forthness between three people. We all honestly took turns. Mostly it was me or her. I remember once he was like playing a video game and both of us were over and we were making out literally in his bed. And she was like, come play with us. And he was like, no, nah, after this game. And she was like, you have two bitches in your bed. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, screens give a very strong dopamine response in humans. There is a thing as a screen. That is true. So. <laughs> no judgment towards that. But afterwards, she drove me home and she was like, if I was him, I would never be playing a video game if I had two women in my bed. I mean, so I was like, yeah, same. If I put myself in your place, I really want to have partners who are more interested in my naked body than in playing another video game, just personally. The thing is, because it was three of us, we just played and we we're like, okay, we're just going to have amazing lesbian sex and you're going to play your video game. And it worked out just fine. So you're figuring out polyamory and whether or not it's for you what are the parts that are appealing to you and what are the parts that don't work for you so far the parts that are appealing for me is the loving and creating deep connection with different people the parts that don't work for me is that i have issues around trust with my very first partner we were open because they were very honest and they're like i'm poly i want to be your partner and i want you to be my girlfriend but i'm poly and i'm going to be wanting to see other people and I'm like I understand that at the time I was like I'm horny too man I get it but my boundary was with other partners it was protected sex I was fully bonded with that partner and they disrespected that boundary 
and was having unprotected sex with another partner. And that was actually the first time I got tested because I was so scared and so upset. And that's why we broke up. And it took a lot of like talking and trust for us to be able to like talk and be okay with each other because that crushed me. After that like trust violation, I'm like, I was like, can we close this for like just a little bit so we can try to rebuild it? And they weren't willing to do that. And that really fucking hurt. Yeah. It hadn't been an issue for me until that, like, there was, like, one rule and one boundary we had set up. Yeah. Everything else was fair game. And they violated that. And that hurt so much. I think it's really wise to have a strong boundary around health and safety stuff. And that has also, I've had the exact same reason for relationships ending. And I know how painful that is. In your perfect world are there other forms of like trust and communication and clarity that i know we talked a little bit about like your safety as a submissive specifically but it sounds like i'm hearing clear communication i'm hearing trust around the physical stuff what else lays the foundation for a really sexy time with someone i think having hobbies that you have in common with someone i like doing activities with partners I really like going swing dancing. I was able to invite a partner to go swing dancing with me. And that was so hot and so fantastic. It's like someone who's creative and artistic and likes music and art and dance. I feel like that also builds more trust and love for me. That like if there's common ground and common love and interest, even if we aren't interested in the same ways, we're somewhat involved in each other's lives. Because I'm a sappy person and I like getting to know people because that builds so much connection and love for me. Absolutely. I hear you call yourself a sappy person, and I was just about to be like, you sound really like artistic and sensitive and intuitive, and I'm hearing, I think I'm hearing, that music and dance are a part of your turn-on. Did I get that right? Yeah, definitely. What are the details of that? I can't explain it. Like, there's some songs that I'm like, this is so, so sexy, like Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer album. Mm. Dance is also connected so deeply into your body. So if you have someone, if someone's like a dancer and if someone is comfortable enough in their body to dance or to dance with me, they're going to be good in bed. Mm. I also just like love the idea of swing dancing. I want to take dance lessons this year. And when I hear you talk about it, I'm like, because then they'd be touching you, but I can't have sex with them in dance class. But maybe I could have sex with them later. Or if I don't have sex with them that night, I really want it. It's also different because like I'll go swing dancing with my friends and it's a completely different feeling. Like this is awesome. We're having fun. But then I brought a date to swing dance and I was like, oh. <gasps> oh, I love that. My friend was also there and she's much better at swing dancing than I am. And all the guys there are constantly asking her to dance. And she just looked at me when I was with my dance across the dance floor and like winked at me. And I was like, ah. and I was like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> you mentioned also that you have at least one vanilla partner right now. How is that for you? He wants to do kinky stuff, but whenever he suggests it, I'm like, no, do your research first, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him that I like rope stuff, and he's like, great, can I tie you up? And I'm like, no, you got to do some research. And he, like, took that pretty well, but, like, okay. it's just like, I'd rather just you stick to your skill set until you've, like, read some books or went to some classes or at least watched some YouTube videos. Yeah. Also, the thing is, like, the vanilla sex that we're having is very satisfying for me and him, so I'm like, if you're a beginner at kink, I don't want to bring that in and like mess up this good vibe that we have because I yeah. feel like I'm the first kink partner he's ever had. It would be like maybe fun for him, but not so fun for me. And I don't need to be someone's experimental thing. I hear that so loud and clear. And I know that this is not everyone's experience. I've now talked to several people who are like, if I like them, I'll train them enough. And I'm like, 
totally get that in my own life. I don't have teaching energy for my private life. Also, I know that if I could be like, I'll show you how to tie me up by tying him up. If he was comfortable with me tying him up, it'd be a different story. But mm. because that's a boundary for him, I'm like, okay, like, then watch some YouTube videos. Could do your homework. <laughs> I may have recently told the date that I suspected that he might have to do a lot of homework before playing together in the ways that we were discussing could be satisfying. You know, I need someone to know what subspace is. So because if they don't know what sub drop is, then that's scary for me. Okay, tell us more about your kinky self. Like, what parts haven't? We've learned a little bit about your top self and a little bit about your, like, switchy brat self. But, like, what is juicy and delicious? It sounds like you have rope skills. I can make a handcuff and I can tie someone's legs and arms. I would not say rope skills. I have, like... Even a single column tie is a rope skill. That's what they teach you at the first workshop. <laughs> That's true. My favorite thing to do is I have a belt that I can tie, like, pretty loose cuffs. So uh -huh. my partner can move their hands a little bit, but then there's still a tail and I can either be like eating them out or sucking their dick or be on top of them. And I can pull the rope back and forth so I can pull them up or down with my partner that I'm able to be more kinky with that I'm more dominant in that relationship. I tied it loose enough that he could get out of them if he wanted to. And I was eating him out and if he could get out of them then he could touch me but if i caught him trying to get out of them i would tighten them and so when he eventually got him out of them he just like grabbed my boobs <laughs> so cute hot that was really fun wow i love hearing you say that you are having so much fun in the vanilla sex you're having with that other partner that like you don't necessarily need to bring kink into it i too am a person that i'm like look i'm definitely kinky i love kink i don't want to live a life without kink and I would rather, like, find the highest overlap of a partner if there's attraction. Really, yeah. Can you speak a little bit to, like, what some of your favorite, like, vanilla sensations or experiences are? Or just, I just want to hear more, like, loves, and I love that it exists in all realms. I just, I love making out with someone and having them either sit in my lap or me sitting in their lap. And your legs are kind of intertwined. There's yeah. something, like, so close about that. I also love when my partner's, I think it's just a sensory thing, full weight is on me, like a weighted blanket. I once asked a partner just, I was like, will you just put your full weight on me? Yeah. It was like midday, we're fully closed, we were just watching YouTube. I was like, what? It's like, just put your full weight on me. And I was like, and he was like, huh? I was like, like a weighted blanket. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But won't that hurt? And I was like, no, 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 no. no. Cause that's just being completely mm. crushed feels so nice. Mm -hmm. On the bed or do you like it on the couch or like, where were you on the floor? bed couch just full weight on me feels amazing i love that too yeah i always have to convince people i'm like there's an attraction to bigness like please squish me <laughs> yeah literally i used to hesitate when partners would be like sit on my face like sit on my face and i'd be like i want to crush you but now i'm like please sit on my face yeah. i understand it now it's so <laughs> nice what about you mentioned liking hickeys do you still like them and do you enjoy other kinds of marks giving and or receiving i love hickeys so much Especially on my breasts, because then that's a more private thing just for me. Totally. And I can, like, I love showing, like, progress photos of, like, them healing to my partner. Mm-hmm. Very hot. If I'm feeling, like, really bold, I like the ones on the front of my neck that's, like, super obvious. But I also like the ones that I can, like, hide with my hair if I have my hair down. Mm. But then I can, like, put my hair back and see a little bit of it. I like biting a lot, too. Uh -huh. I like, like, teeth marks. The same partner who I did, like, the elaborate scene with was really into biting. And I was like, I'm a masochist. Go crazy. The partner that did the drawing on you in the wax? Yeah. My breasts were like black and blue and it was fucking fantastic. 
Oh my God. Would you ever have someone do like a hickey slash bite mark design on you? That's almost like a temporary tattoo. That would be really cool. Yeah, I was like, I even told him, I was like, I need to be symmetrical for me. I was like, move on to this breast because I want it to be vaguely symmetrical. What other sensations does your body love receiving? I really like my hair being played with and pulled, but also just like, you know, someone running their fingers through my hair feels really nice. Mm. There's like a part kind of above my breath. There's like, there must be just nerve endings right here in your chest or there's like a chakra here or something. Mm. Cause right there, there's like an energy. It feels really nice to have like. Like upper sternum? The yeah, upper sternum. Okay. My breasts, obviously vulva. Cause of course that's where all the like, nice nerve endings are in. My thighs, the most sensitive place, I think, is, like, if someone grabs my waist, I will just, like, absolutely melt. Yum. Do you like, like, a one-arm scoop around, or do you like a two-hand, like, If it's two-hand is the, like, mm. Yum. What if they're grabbing, is it, like, grabbing you while fucking, or can one lead to the other, or is it all of it? All of it, grabbing while fucking, grabbing before fucking. If it's a partner that I trust to touch me, because once I trust someone, I'm like, you can touch me anywhere, everywhere you want to. If I have that kind of trust with someone, they can just like, even if it's just like we're going shopping together or we're waiting for the bus stop, if they just like that small touch, or I'm just like, ah! yeah. amazing. Where do you like to touch partners the best? I'm a sucker for a neck. I love necks. I also really like touching right here on the cheek because it makes people sleepy and calm down. What? Wait, this is new knowledge to me. What? How do you do it? <laughs> Show me. Like right here by the ear, kind of mm. like top of the temple a soft spot it feels really nice it's not necessarily like a sexual touch it's more like a sensual touch of like if a partner or a friend has had a hard day Mm. it's very intimate yeah it's super intimate i love bodies in general i love butts if a partner likes having their butt touched i like slapping and grabbing and touching on butts butts are fantastic (laughs) i also love telling cis men that they have good asses because a lot of times they've never heard it they'll be like oh yeah i thank you and i'm like yeah totally are you into butts in the literal sense? I've tried butt plugs and I like that. And I think I'd be more willing for me to peg someone than to, for someone to do anal on me. Okay. But I'm also fascinated by anal. It just, it would have to be like a long-term partner that I've been playing with for a while that I really trusted because I don't know why, but that's so terrifying to me. Which is weird because like having a butt plug in my butt feels good. and like Yeah, but it doesn't make its own lubrication and... If someone's going to go near or in my ass, they need to know what's happening with asses and how they work and how they don't work, you know? I also, because I'm young, the times I've talked about been playing with anal has been people who haven't done anal with other partners before. I'm like, we can't both be beginners. (laughs) One of us has to have some sort of knowledge. I think if the one who is in the top position of giving the anal is a big research nerd. You know, I just read a whole chapter on anal fisting and I'm curious and, I, you know, I'm not rushing anything in any direction, but I'm just like, oh, wow, you, it's all about just relaxation. You know, because actually this chapter said specifically, you got to be careful with masochists and anal because if someone likes pain, that can cause some big problems because it's not supposed to hurt. Like you're supposed to be really relaxed. I would love to hear more about like what, masochist pains you enjoy receiving and if you also enjoy giving pains beyond like slaps as a sadist masochist pain i enjoy i really like biting i really like grabbing i like being like thrown around because i don't often feel small in my life Mm because i'm a pretty confident person i'm tall i'm loud i'm pretty confident so i don't often feel small so if a partner like physically pick me up and put me on the bed or like 
shaking me around a little bit. That's so hot to me. I like being choked a lot, especially if it's with someone who like does it sort of like in a rhythmic way where there's like sort of a predictability into the like push and release of their hand. That's so hot to me. Mm. My favorite thing is my hair being pulled while being fucked doggy style. And like if my partner will sort of like either grab my ass or hit my ass and lift my head up to sort of check in on me. And if I'm okay, so like shut my head back into the pillows. Okay, you mentioned a little bit, obviously, vulva has a lot of sensitive parts, but I would love to know the pleasure points of your pussy. Like, what really gets you going? What gets you off? My clit, I'd say, is medium sensitive. You do kind of have to warm her up for her to get going. My G-spot is close to the entrance of the vagina. Mm-hmm. And so having something go in and out and touching that feels fantastic. <laughs> I think, like, the hardest I'll ever come is if I have sensation both inside and outside. I love the dual sensation. I have a vibrator that also has a dildo that's attached to it. So it's like a rabbit and then like a dick. Yeah, yeah. The dick goes inside, the rabbit goes on my clit, and it comes so hard. Amazing. Or I'll touch myself and then like even if I stick like one or two fingers inside, I'll come so much harder than if I'm just touching my clit. Yeah. I have days where that's true for me. And then I have days where the inside part is like not helping at all. And I'm like, Yeah. You don't make any sense. Exactly. I find there's like two, I think, nerve bundles on either side of my clit that if I rub in a circle with even just two fingers, it feels like really cool. And sometimes I can come just from that. Nice. Is that like lighter pressure? Is it medium or does it build throughout? I like will start off pretty hard pressure to warm myself up. And then once it gets really sensitive, I'll go lighter and then it's like electricity. Cool. My nipples are super sensitive. I love having my nipples sucked. I love having them touched. They're just so incredibly sensitive. Mm. Will they ever make an orgasm? Not that that's the goal. No, I'm just okay. That'd be something cool to explore. Awesome! So much to experiment with. Okay, so what is on your horizon? Like, what else do you want to explore or explore more deeply? Like, what sort of fantasies are inspiring you? This is an out there fantasy, but one day I want to be able to train with the dominatrix because mm. being able to do that professionally would be so amazing. Mm-hmm. So being able to apprentice even in a dungeon would be so cool. I want to get better at rope. I want to take some shibari classes, at least online. Fuck yeah. And there's a burlesque class at my school that I tried a couple times that was definitely hard for me because it was felt outside of my comfort zone. But I want to try that again because that was really fun. Getting into my body and being okay moving through that space, moving through that sort of like shame and like embarrassment. Hmm. Like I want to have more consistent partners. I like having lots of sex with lots of different people. I like having someone in my bed. I want to have someone that I can go on cute dates with, whether that's monogamously or whether that's a couple different people that I'm seeing at the same time. I think what I'm missing right now is just the security. I want I want a little bit of security. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you can have the trust to do all the kinky and or vanilla things exactly. that are just very, very filthy either way. And yeah, going on a date with someone that I like, where it's interesting and where I know that we're going to fuck sooner or later. So amazing. That's so hot. It's so fun. I like didn't understand the function of dating for a long time. And I was always like, could we just get to the sex part? Because the dates were pretty boring and they were actually turning me off. (laughs) So now I'm like, all right, I got to pick the right people. It's also nice because there's so much sneaking around when I was younger that I didn't like go on a lot of dates, dates. Right. So it's nice to just be like, especially like as a queer person to be like, I am 
romantically seeing this person hear me roar like <laughs> yeah fuck yeah do you have any fantasies around like more group sex or ever like exploring oh, yeah. parties and or club scene okay yeah definitely i think i would want to have a buddy to go to a party but whatever popped on the horizon i'd, I'd be down i'd be so down cool. i'd probably for the first one i just sort of sit in the corner and be like this is so cool or maybe i don't know maybe i'd find something that seemed interesting to me but i'm so interested in that cool okay say that you have an unlimited budget and you get to build your whole dominatrix burlesque sexy character person <laughs> but it's also you what does she wear? What does she look like? Like, what's that person's vibe? Like some sort of corset top, but it's got something funky on it. Like it's got chains or it's like leopard print or it's like it's out there. Maybe it's yeah. hot pink and all the like toys and tools and lube and like cleaning supplies I could need. So I'm just I'm set. But of course, the submissives do the cleaning for you, right? So oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Okay, great. And then like <laughs> velvet pants and like giant platform boots that i could mm. walk in properly because yes. i'm not oh, yes. really i love platforms but I'm, i struggle to walk in them yeah, yeah, yeah in this fantasy i'd be able to walk in them very well maybe an assistant who's also like a uh, submissive that like just helps me and is a companion and like does the paperwork thing, oh, so i don't have to deal with that stuff <laughs> yes 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 but you're above it all when you're in charge of everything you have people that can handle yes. that for you beautiful that's the ideal i love it okay any other like thoughts stories that need to get shared stuff from your sex life or anything you want to say about sex in general if anyone out there is feeling shame around like stuff that happened as a kid or stuff that they're working through remember that every day every minute you you're a new person and so that doesn't define you and sex is fun if you like it and that working path shame is the best thing that one can do for their life and for their love. Yeah. I love that. Sex is fun if you like it. How simple and fucking profound at the same time. Okay, what are your sexual hopes for yourself going forward, more broadly speaking? I hope to have, again, like partners that I can feel more secure with. And I hope to find someone that I can peg that would be really fun <laughs> yes I want someone who I feel more comfortable exploring in a wick that seems really fun yeah and I want to have more threesomes and moresomes because the ones that I've had have been incredibly rewarding and fantastic and so hot I want to do more public play that doesn't involve pine needles in my pants fuck yeah and if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick? And what would you say? It's going to be okay. This shame and this fear that defines you right now is not a forever thing. And look towards the future and not towards the past. Gorgeous. Mercedes, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Thank you, Wild. This has been a bucket list for a while to be on Sex Stories. Yes. Do you have a sex question that you want to ask me? Have you ever had sex in the woods? <laughs> 